When your best friend wins the lottery, you tell him of generosity, and all you get is his old TV. It may not be HD, but stay positive. When you're off to get your morning brew, you want four creams, but she gives you two. Don't be mad, tip a buck or few. She may go to church with you. Stay positive. Well, good morning again. We are in our final week. We've made it to the finish line, week number six of Stay Positive. And if that song has not got stuck in your head yet, I don't think there's any hope for you because, man, I am whistling that tune all of the time. And this has been a really great series for us about staying positive. And we've been looking at biblical truths that help us to stay positive because we live in a world that is just filled with so much negativity. Everywhere we look, everywhere we go, we just overwhelmed with negativity, whether it's in the news cycle or on social media. It seems like everywhere we are turned, everywhere we go, everywhere we look, people are just being filled with negativity. And so we want to, as Christ followers, be positive. And so we've been taking a look at what the Bible has to say, some godly characteristics, some biblical characteristics that can help us to stay positive. And so today we're wrapping up that series, and this one this week is called I'm Generous. And so this week's going to look a little bit different for us in that this little song we get stuck in our head, the really great thing is, is that there have been a lot of churches that have been generous to us as we've been getting started as a church. As Treeline has got started, there have been a lot of things that we've needed, a lot of resources. And so there have been churches that have been very generous to us as a church who have helped us get started. One of those churches that has been very generous with resources is a church called Life Church and they're in Oklahoma, and they give all of their resources away. So if you really want to give credit to who you can thank that song for, it's actually Life Church in Oklahoma. They made these videos for a series, and instead of selling them to us as a church, which we could pay hundreds and thousands of dollars every year for all these resources, they just give them to all of us for free. Every church who wants them, they just give them away. And so they've been really generous for us. And so we're actually going to watch a video today from their pastor, Pastor Craig Rochelle, and he's interviewing another pastor from another church called um, Gateway Church in Texas, Pastor Robert Morris, and they are going to talk about generosity. And I wanted to share that with us today because this has been something that's been very impactful in my life, the influence that they've had on me as leaders with generosity. And honestly, generosity has been something that God captured my heart at a young age with. Even as a teenager, this was something that God really moved and stirred in me is generosity. And my dream for here at Treeline is we want to be a generous church. And so I thought it'd be really great for us today to learn from some pastors who really model generosity yes, in their church, but even in their personal lives, and even inspire me to be generous. So we're just going to take a few moments today, and I'll come up and close us, but we're going to take a moment to watch this video together. Friend, I'd love to give you a chance to welcome the person I'm going to interview today about generosity, Pastor Robert Morris. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. I I want to read a big portion of scripture and then I'm going to shut up and let you do most of the talking, but I want this to set the tone today and um, feel free to jump in anytime in the scripture that you want to and comment and then I want to ask you some questions and let you stir our hearts. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 through 11 and again if you want to jump in please do. He said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I want to plant generously and get a generous crop. He said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
God really cares about the heart when we give. We don't want to give out of guilt. He says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I think that's really important because a lot of times we're so negative, we feel like I'm not going to have enough. And God says, when you give, he's, he's going to bless you in big ways. He goes on to say, as scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce, I love this phrase, a great harvest of generosity in you. I want to ask how God built a harvest of generosity in you. He says, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in need, here's what they're going to do is they're, they're going to thank God. They will thank God. They will thank God. They will thank God. When you as a church are generous, they will thank God. They will thank God. They will thank God. You can make a difference. They will thank God. He says, so two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. I love those two things. One is we can meet needs and two, people will give thanksgiving to God. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that passage in 2 Corinthians 9. And I'll tell you what I thought about when uh, Pastor Craig was reading that, was I know you guys, I know Life Church. I've known you for years now. Uh, I know Craig and Amy, but uh, I just want to say to the church, you guys are incredible. I mean, everywhere in the world, you're known for generosity. People would say multi-site, yes, but normally leaders say that. People say, that's the church that gives away their resources. That's the church. And so I just want to say to every member or every person who's attending uh, Life Church, thank you for being generous. You are being a witness to the world. And I mean that. That's, I'm not trying to use that as this big word. I, you are you're being a witness to the whole world. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we love to say that we'll lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it's more blessed to give than receive. What's interesting is... If I can just be dead honest, I would have been more of a negative person toward giving years ago. In fact, Amy has always been generous. In fact, it used to get on my nerves how generous she was because I, I honestly wasn't generous. And I was, I was more fear-based thinking we need more to be secure and we'll give more later when we can afford to. And so I was really not generous. Um, your book, The Blessed Life, really took what God was already doing and took it to another level in my heart. I'd love to hear kind of the story of how God birthed that harvest of generosity, as Paul said, in, in your life. Yeah, well, um, the first part that I say is going to be a little, you'll think, well, I don't know about that because that's not my story. But generosity was birthed in my heart when I got saved. And the reason is, is because I had accepted the most extravagant gift that anyone could ever give me. All of my sins were forgiven. Uh, and that, that was a lot, you know. I mean, it was tough. And to know that God had forgiven me. So here's what I want to tell you. Even if you don't think that, or even if you're like Craig, say, hey, I struggle with this. Actually, God put generosity in you when you got saved. And there is something in you that wants to do it. Like you said, we'll do it later when we can give more. And Amy was already saying, let's do it now. There's something in every believer that wants to. So we have to get from that fear to faith. And here, to me, is what will help you get from that fear to faith. God is a generous giver. God wants to give. 
Um, I, I'm a grammarian. You've heard me say that probably. I love grammar. So when I make a mistake, you can just <clears throat> yeah. You've already made two, me. but I didn't. Okay. I didn't want to mention it. But it's okay. <laughs> okay, I've enjoyed being with you. So see y'all later. Um, no, but um, so I thought about you know a, a complete sentence has to have a subject and a verb. So this won't be long on grammar. Okay, please. But um, the subject of the Bible obviously is God. I was teaching a Bible college class a while back, and one of the young ladies, she, I said, what's the subject of the Bible? She said, we are. I said, well, young lady, as you grow a little older, you're going to find out you're not the center of the universe, but um, <clears throat> you're the object of the Bible, but God's the subject. So what's the verb? Most people would say love, but I believe the, the verse that we would use to prove it actually proves that the verb of the Bible is giving because it says God so loved that he gave. If he only loved, we wouldn't be here today. But he gave his son. Actually, we're here today also because we gave our lives to Jesus. Uh, we're here because we gave this weekend, this service to Jesus. So we're here because we give. So we're the most like God when we give. So what I want to say is generosity is in your heart. Um, just begin to understand exactly the passage of Scripture that was read a moment ago, that God will give seed to the sower. God wants every person to accept Jesus as a Savior. So he's looking for people that he can funnel resources through. And if we'll just step out in faith, and it's not a leap of faith, it's just a step of faith. If we'll take that step of faith and generosity, God, who is generous, will reward us so that we can be a blessing, more of a blessing to others. Yeah, I want to highlight what you said. You said we're most like God when we give. That's a pretty big statement. And so because we want to become more like God, and giving is a way we can break really our sinful nature towards selfishness and really become more like God. And I'd love to hear maybe a story or two about when you started to give. And, and you know, I know the story that you gave, and you like emptied everything and would give it away maybe twice, if I'm if I remember three, right, three three times. Three times. Can but you, who's counting? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So you'll, get, you'll get my third grammatical mistake here soon. So <laughs> just hang with us. But um, you know what happened in a, how did how did you do that? What happened in your life and in those around you? Kind of give some context of what you started to learn and experience yeah. as you gave radically. Well, like that. once I got saved, I wanted everyone to get saved. Uh, but this is going to shock you. I got so nervous talking in front of people. I'm talking about just one on one. And so we used to have these tracts. They were little books that presented the gospel. Now, before I got saved, tracts were uh, actually on your arm. But um, so I I found those, and I would put larger tips, like a $20 bill when our meal was like $10. This is back 30 years ago when I got saved, 35. And to help people, you know, read that tract and maybe come to Jesus. And then this waitress told us, she said, I read that little book. I gave my life to Jesus, and she said, I called my husband, read it to him over the phone. He gave his life to Jesus, and I later said to her, what do you mean you called your husband? Was he at work or at home? And um, she put her head down, and she said, he's in prison. And a few years later, he, he, was, he got out of prison, and we saw them baptized together. So that's where giving started for me. So it was trying to win people to Christ. Well, that's a powerful example, and, and not only do we just show love with our words, but we show it in how we give as well. Um, Pastor Robert, you've taught a lot of amazing messages on the tithe, and you believe in that to the core of your being. Why is it that you're so unapologetic about 
teaching um, the, the principle of the tithe? Well, you have to ask yourself a few questions. First of all, who came up with the concept of tithing? <laughs> a preacher didn't. God did. And why did God do that? And it's because there's a principle behind uh, the tithing. And the word tithe comes from a Hebrew word, which means one-tenth, 10%. So why did God say, I want you to bring the first 10% to my house? I believe that he did it for our good, not for his good. Uh, I believe he did it to work selfishness and greed out of our hearts and to work faith into our hearts. In other words, when we give the first 10%, that takes faith. You know, he said, when your sheep has a lamb, uh, bring me the first one. He didn't say, wait till your sheep has 10 and then bring me any one of them and you can bring the one that's getting in the garden that you don't like, you know, because that doesn't take faith to bring the one you don't like. He said, bring me the first one when you don't even have the other nine. So it's a principle that goes all through scripture about putting God first. And what I've seen is when we put God first in our finances, it's actually putting God first in our life because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so many times we all want our hearts to be whole, just, uh, you know, running fast after God. What happens when we really begin to put God first in our finances, our heart actually follows and we see God being first in other areas of our life as well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people kind of push back and say, yeah, I understand, but that's an Old Testament principle and that it, that's, we live in New Testament times, so I don't have to do that. And you have a different opinion. Yeah, I do, because I think there are principles with God that go all through Old and New Testament. Um, you know, even Malachi 3, when he talks about bring the tithe, um, right before verse 8 there, he says, in verse 6, he says, I am the Lord, I do not change. There are things about God that, you know, his character, he can't change. For instance, God can't lie. The reason he can't lie is because he is truth. He doesn't just speak truth, he is truth. So he cannot lie. So there are principles that if we follow those principles, it's a blessing in our life. For instance, Jesus came along and said, you have heard it said, don't commit adultery. Well, where had they heard that said? The law in the Old Testament. He said, but I say to you, don't even lust in your heart. In other words, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And he was saying, let me, let me help you understand it's about the heart. It's about the heart. We want you to love uh, well, I want you to love God with all your heart. So, same way with he said, you have heard it said, don't murder. Well, where was that? That was the law. He said, but I say to you, don't even hate your brother. That again deals with your heart. I believe tithing is the same way. It is a principle that yes, God put under the law, but it was years before the law. Jesus himself confirms it in Matthew 23, 23. And I believe that it's a principle that runs all through scripture, Old and New Testament. Yeah, for me, it was one of the things that really started me toward generosity because I was so afraid. I mean, given 10% of my money, it was like massive fear. And so, you know, kind of in our circles, we would know the language. A lot of people say, you know, hey, do you believe in a prosperity gospel? Meaning if you give, God has to make you rich and such. And I personally don't embrace the prosperity gospel at all. But I do, I do embrace the scripture. It's very clear that when you... When you plant a seed in the ground, you can expect a harvest. If you don't right. put any seed, you don't have That's any exactly harvest. Right. And, and, and can I, if I could address that for a moment, um, it seems like there's a prosperity gospel being preached, and then there's a poverty gospel being right. preached. But I believe in and the both provision. Are, both are as both dangerous. Are both are both dangerous, are yes. They're very dangerous. I believe in the provision gospel, that God wants to provide for you and you all so that you could be a blessing to someone else. Um, but the problem with the prosperity gospel... <clears throat> 
If I could address this just for a minute, the prosperity gospel emphasizes the reward, but not the motive. And that's not what God's talking about. In other words, uh, so many preachers will preach, give and you'll get, give and you'll get. But actually, God wants to, I, I make, sometimes I'll make a statement that has a semicolon. Remember I talked about grammar? Uh, because if I put a period, it wouldn't be a true statement. So this statement has a semicolon. God does not bless giving. Semicolon. He blesses giving with the right heart. And in the same way that we try, we're trying to teach our children not just right actions, we're trying to teach them to have the right attitude. That's, good. That's what God does through giving. Giving will do more to adjust your heart than any action that I know that we can be involved in. Mm -hmm. So tithing is a good place to start, and yet a lot of people are afraid to do that. I'm sure in your church people would say, that's a really big, so, so there are some things that are a step of faith, that feels like a leap of faith. Um, what do you say to people in your church to, to help them make that, that move from I'm not tithing to I am worshiping God with the first 10% of what he trusted me? Well, the, um, you know, I'm a pastor like Craig is, and we, we have a pastor's heart. And the first thing I want to say is if you're not tithing, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad person. You don't love God less than someone else. That's what the devil would tell you. You're, you're growing like we are. Both of us are still growing in our understanding in other areas as well. So um, I would say to you, what most people say to me is, Pastor, I would love to tithe. I just can't afford to. Please hear me. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because tithing, according to the Bible, is what breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer, which would be the, Satan, the enemy, for our sake. God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So we, uh, we offer classes, uh, we, everything we can. You know, you took driving classes before you start driving a car, but many of us never had anyone teach us how to handle finances. So we need to learn to live below our means. We need to learn several financial principles. But if you have to sell something to tithe, I would say tithe, because every time you start to get ahead, something else will break. That's the devourer. And, and I want to say something else about the curse we talk about. Um, God is not cursing you. We live in a cursed world. And so God is saying, I would like to bless you if you'll step out in faith and put me first in your life. Yeah. And, and that's what happened in my life. And, you know, I've heard you talk about this before, but the first time I did tithe, I actually received, you know, real blessing back. That was, it seemed very connected. And then later on, you know, you tithe and you don't really see anything. And I heard you say, well, you know, God doesn't need to prove himself that way to you. You, are, you already believe. And so um, I've even heard some people say that tithing isn't really giving as much as it is returning, that it, we're, we're returning to God what's already his. It belongs to him. And then we give beyond that. The thing, too, to explain, because people say, well, God owns it all. So how do we say the tithe is his? Well, the reason is, is because God set it aside for his house. And so God set it apart is the word that he uses in the, in the Old Testament and even in the New, that he set this apart for the house of God. And so the reason it's returning is because it does belong to the Lord. It'd be like if, if um, you said, you know, Pastor Robert, um, my car's in the shop. Could I borrow your car? And um, I heard you're going to be out of town. You won't be needing it next week. And uh, I say, sure. And so the next week you bring me the keys back and you say, real seriously, um, Amy and I have prayed about this, and we want to give you this car. <laughs> and I would say, um, Craig, I don't know what's happened. If you hit your head or what, but this is my car, <laughs> but we want to give it to you. He's just returning it. 
And, and that's the way it is with the tithe. And what the Lord is saying is, if you'll step out in faith and trust me to return that to me, I'm going to bless you in ways you could not imagine. And not just financial. That's where we miss it sometimes. He wants to bless our family, our health, our relationships, our marriage, our ministry. Every person's called to some sort of ministry, even if it's not vocational. He wants to pour blessings on us, but we have to step out and return to him what is rightfully his. It's so good. Well, I've heard you talk before about, you know, in your study of scripture, you kind of came across three different types of giving. Can you kind of explain those to me? How'd you discover them and, and what are those? Well, I just got so, um, you know, enamored with the subject of giving in the Bible and realizing that God's the one that invented it. I like to use that word invented. He's the one that thought it up. So I began to go through the Bible time after time again and look at all the types of giving. And I saw these three major categories, tithes, offerings, and extravagant offerings. And I believe tithing is where we start. But if you'll start tithing, you'll get to that next level, which is offering, which is to give over and beyond, you know, over and above. And once you get there, there will probably be some times in your life where God asks you to give something extravagant, maybe a car to a single mom or something. And it is the greatest joy you will ever have to give an extravagant gift. Lots of extravagant gifts in the Bible. And let me share one with you. It was a widow mm -hmm. who gave two mites, the smallest coins there were in the Jewish monetary system. And Jesus said she gave more than the rest of these rich people. So I'm not talking about an amount. I'm talking about a heart issue. And when you step out and do that, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful to live a life of generosity. Right, and and you said this, you know, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world, and you know, we're, we don't really go and tell giving stories and brag on how we give, but when you do give something extravagant to somebody, and maybe stay anonymous, or maybe they they have to know, um, and and they actually recognize this comes from God, it's a it's one of the greatest thrills of your life, and then it really becomes kind of contagious, and you want to do it more and more. Um, you know, in two thousand six, we made a pivotal decision in the church, we were wrestling with the idea of people wanted to buy the resources from us. And, you know, that's what churches do forever is you sell sermons and videos and such. And we were wrestling with this as God was stirring in our heart, what if we didn't sell them and what if we gave them away? Well, at that time, we're 100% we're debt-free as, as a church now, but at that time, we were in the, at the peak of our debt and we were, if to make a comparison, we were living paycheck to paycheck, meaning there were times we didn't know if we could make payroll, and yet we were praying about giving away the resources. And we, we took what felt like a leap of faith to us then to start giving them away. Um, you know, I'm blessed to brag on the generosity of the people that we had over 130,000 church, churches last year download free resources, 130,000 churches download free resources, and it was... It was, a, it was when we couldn't really afford to give yeah. that we did give, yeah. and that was when things started to turn, and we were able to then, you know, have a little yeah. bit of margin, and now we're able to, you know, before we start a campus, set aside 100% of the funds to build the campus, and, you know, to me, it's a, it's a direct result of we put some seed in the ground, yeah. and God brought yeah. a harvest in a big yeah, way. Yeah, it, 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 when you think about that, um, God is looking for people he can bless to bless others. I mean, he wants to get the gospel to every person in the world. He wants to feed the hungry. He wants to help the poor. So think about this. Here's God with, he owns everything. 
He owns everything on earth. Actually, everything. He owns Mars, too. He owns everything, okay? So he owns everything. Over here is this hurting person. So here are all the resources. Here's all the supply in business terms. Here's all the demand. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but what's in the middle? You are. You're in the middle. God wants to find someone he can bless. So he's looking there at 130,000 churches just last year that he wanted to get some resources to. And he looked down and he saw a church that said, hey, even though we have our own needs, we'll give. Can you imagine how God just then backed the dump trucks up? And that'd be your testimony. Maybe you wouldn't say it that way, you know. But he backed the dump trucks up and poured blessing out on Life Church. And when I say Life Church, I don't mean an organization. I mean people. And he poured blessing out because he said, okay, here's someone that when I give them blessing, they're going to bless someone else. Mm -hmm. So let's say... I'm the negative person, and, and we're really focusing on staying positive, be, not based on what we feel, but based on what God says, okay? So I'm the skeptic saying, I can't afford to do that. I kind of like to, but, you know, I'm just, I'm not ready yet. What advice would you give me to, to stir me to say, I do want to take a step of faith and be obedient to maybe what God's putting on my heart and trust him with the results? Yeah, uh, I would uh, tell you, like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> uh, just start. Start somewhere. Uh, uh, and, and giving, you have to remember, giving is not always about money. This uh, reporter one time was interviewing me, and he said, how often do you preach on giving? And I said, every week. And he said, every week? And I said, yeah, every week. I said, now I think what you meant to ask me was how often do I preach on giving money? And that's about every three years. I've done a, a series on generosity about every three years at Gateway Church. But you didn't ask me how, how often do I preach on giving money. You asked me how often I preach on giving. And I can't talk about prayer without talking about giving of my time. I can't talk about reading the Bible without talking about giving. I can't talk about witnessing without talking about giving. So giving is so much more. So I would say start somewhere. And if your finances are so messed up, um, We'd love to help you, and there are a lot of resources out there, you know, that will help you. I know Dave Ramsey's been here, and um, so Financial Peace University, Crown Groups, there's all sorts of resources. Get your finances in order, do whatever you can, and start somewhere. And I would say start tithing to the local church, but also, as God prompts you, um, give to others, even your time or your energy or your resources. Yeah, and I, I want to just highlight, too, what you said there, that, you know, if giving simply stirs you to start stewarding well and living beneath your means, then that's going to serve a massive purpose. And I just, I believe as a church that, you know, we, we bought into the lie. So, you know, we're going to get into debt to have a higher standard of living. And I really pray, you know, as, as your pastor, that you would see it as a call of God to, you know, to get out of debt, to live beneath your means. And, Rather than saying, hey, I'm going to wait until I get out of debt to be a blessing to others, we're going to be a blessing to others all the way along yeah, as it yeah. goes. And you've done that, and I know, I mean, it's impacted so many people, so many churches. Um, it, uh, it certainly impacted your family. How would you say modeling generosity has impacted even your children? Well, um, I could actually give you an illustration on every child. I have three children. But I'll tell you something that happened just recently. Um, I was sharing with the church um, an illustration, and it was about me, but I didn't want to tell them it was about me. 
In other words, I said a man in our church. And that's true. I, I am a man and I'm in our church, okay? Um, <clears throat> but I said, there's a man in our church that for years has carried $100 bills in his wallet. And it's just one way that he gives. And when he feels led, you know, the Holy Spirit prompts him, he'll go give that $100 bill to someone. And so I was telling the story, and there was a, a single uh, mom coming to our church. I'd preached on tithing, and she said God spoke to her, start, just start. So that week, she made $1,000. So she was going to write out the check for $100, that'd be the tithe, and the Lord said, make it for 120 And she said, Lord, I, that would be a struggle for me, 120 And I'm just trying to do 100 And the Lord said, you're returning the 100 Give something above it. So she wrote the check out. And I said, she was walking to her car, and this man, and it was me, but I didn't tell the church that, okay? So I said, this man just saw this lady, and the Lord said, you go give her a $100 bill. So as he was walking across the parking lot, he reached in his wallet, and right beside the 100 was a 20. And the Lord said, give her the 22. Give her the 20, and the 100 and the 20. And um, since you know it's me, I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, I said, Lord, um, I give $100 bills. I mean, you know. <clears throat> and the Lord said, no, you obey. That's what you do. And so I gave it to her. And, of course, she started crying and told me how she had just given the check for $120. And, and so I told that story, you know, as a man in our church did that. And I went home, and we were having the kids over for dinner. Uh, and my daughter called, asked me to come into my office. And uh, I'm sorry, folks, but she said, she said, that, that was you, wasn't it? That story you told today, that, that was you. And I said, why do, you, why do you say that? She said, because when you told that story, I remembered all these times when we were kids that you would go back in the restaurant and we would ask mom, what's dad doing? Or you would stop the car and go over to a homeless person. And I'd say, we'd say, what's dad doing? Your mom would say, he just wants to talk to that person for a minute. She said, but that was you, wasn't it? I said, yeah, that was me. And then my daughter said, I want to be like you. I want to be like you, Daddy. You know, and, and ultimately, that what you did was not just like being a good person, but you were like God at that moment. Because you said earlier, we're most like God when we give. Um, I want to give you a chance just to say any last thoughts and that you'd like to, to address our church and, and anything on your heart, and then um, I'll take a minute and pray. Well, um, I'd like to just remind you that you're actually a generous person. I know that you would think, no, I'm not, um, and I still struggle with that. I think, you know, I'm still selfish in several areas. Like when we go through the drive through you know, I have to admit, I say to Debbie, do you want something? She says, no, I'll just have some of yours. I say, no, you won't. <clears throat> so I know, 
I still struggle I too. Didn't, I didn't know okay. we were talking food. That's a whole nother level. I mean, <laughs> that's a whole nother level. That's a there. whole nother level. Craig, I just, that's, the, that's, extra, that's extravagant offerings right there. Take it to a whole nother level. To hand off my yeah, chocolate yeah. cake. So, so. <laughs> so I still struggle. Don't don't look at at me or at Craig and say, well, those guys are so far past. No, we still struggle. We're all growing. We're all growing. But I want you to know, you are a generous person because you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We just have to renew our minds. And we just have, so when you hear something like this, and it's based in God's word, and it's truthful, this is who you really are. You are not a selfish person. You are a generous person. This is who you are because you're a new creation. And so I would just simply say to you, start being who you really are. That's good. Very good. So thank you very much for encouraging us and, and blessing us. And on behalf of all of our church, we, we love you. We love Gateway. We love your family. And it's an honor to, um, to partner thank churches you. with well, you we guys. We love Life Church very, very much. It's really awesome to see the generosity that they have as a church, knowing that they're helping us out even as an organization gets started. And the thing that's really amazing is that many of us have probably been touched by the generosity of this church and not even know it. If you've ever used the Bible app before, this is the church that actually makes this and makes it available for free, hires all the developers, everyone who, and they just give it away to everyone in the world. And it's been downloaded millions upon millions of times. And for me personally, generosity is something that God has really worked in my heart and something that he continues to work in my heart and something that's exciting for us as a church is that we have a really big dream to be a generous church. We even have an opportunity this year. Yes, we're a church plant. Yes, we have a lot of need, but we're gonna work together to do something above and beyond that need and give to help people who are in need this Christmas to give toys, to help teenagers who are working hard to do something generous. And we have our own need, but we wanna begin to lay the foundation as a church to be generous and do something together. Our mission is to see family trees change through a lifelong relationship with Jesus. And we know that there are a lot of people in our communities. There are a lot of teens. There are a lot of children. There are a lot of families who need Jesus in their life, who have never heard that there's a God that loves them, that cares for them, who wants relationship with them. And we want to do everything that we can to reach those families in the Pittsburgh region with the good news of who Jesus Christ is. And we know that will take us coming together and being generous as a church. And I'm so inspired by the generosity of others who have given so freely. I'm so inspired in my own life, personally, in my, my life, and in Christy, that, that we give and we strive to be generous because we truly believe in what God is doing. And we're so honored to be a part of that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, that we have the opportunity, God, to just... In this series, Lord, work on staying positive and recognizing that there's so much in life that surrounds us that would just we could justifiably be negative. But God, I just pray that you would begin to work in our hearts, Lord. All these things that we've talked about, about being grateful, about being encouraging, and God, today being generous. And God, that we recognize that generosity is not something that we're doing for you. But at the end of the day, Lord, when we are generous, the thing that it does most is it prepares our heart and positions our heart in relationship with you, God, to, to as they said, to work that selfishness out of us, God. So I just pray today, Lord that we wouldn't feel overwhelmed, that we wouldn't feel guilty, that we wouldn't feel pressured, God, but that we would just recognize, Lord, Lord, that we have an opportunity to be generous. And God, to do something to reach people who are far from you through our generosity. So we just thank you. And we give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name.